Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harpin, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it is a Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. If you've clicked play, you have found Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. As a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, quick reminder for you, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your news, wherever you want to get your news as quick as possible, as well as film room breakdowns, commentary, you name it, we have it all right there in one spot. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you check it out multiple times a day because it is updated multiple times a day. And as always, this podcast network is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So make sure wherever you get your podcast, that's Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, does not matter. Find us by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You can subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a thing. Not just Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but also the rest of our morning lineup, our noon lineup, and also our PM lineup. We have shows on the weekend even. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. My my goal here, and our goal, myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis, was to create a network so that you, the Steelers fan, could listen to Steelers all day, every day if you wanted. And a lot of you had. We've told, talked about the numbers on Friday. We reached over 2 million downloads before the month of April. Just fantastic stuff. I can't thank you all enough. And thank you very much for all of you. Give a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps in the algorithm. It helps push our podcasts up there above all the others. And we know we're better anyway. So, Friday. Talked a lot about quarterbacks. I was like, you know what? Let's let's pump the brakes on the quarterbacks. So, I, I talked. I want to think about something a little bit different. In the second half of this podcast, I am excited 
to have Jim Wexel of Steel City Insider on. He also wrote the uh, book Palomalu, a really great interview that I'm excited to share with you. And it's a little bit longer, so the first half of this show might be a little bit shorter, but that's to accommodate that second that second part. So I really hope that you're here. He's a guy that's covered the Steelers since 1995. He has a lot of stories, a lot of insight about covering the team, as well as stories about the team. You're going to like it. I guarantee it. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. But today, I wanted to abandon the quarterbacks. I really wanted to abandon individual players altogether. And I wanted to talk about Brian Flores. It's been a while. It's been a while since the news and the Steelers made waves. When it was a Saturday, why do I know it was a Saturday? Because I was sitting right next to Dave Schofield on the bench as our fourth and fifth grade basketball team was probably losing. But still, it's halftime and they're listening to this speaker talk. And all of a sudden, both of our phones blow up. Holy cow, the Steelers just brought Brian Flores onto their coaching staff. And since then, there's been a lot of speculation, both at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, where we're trying to figure out how does this work? How is it going to work? Uh, And now, with Kevin Colbert speaking more, and now Mike Tomlin at the owners' meetings last week down in Florida, we're learning more. And so I was on Twitter, and I was scrolling through, and I saw on Steelers Live, they had a one-on-one interview. This was Mike Tomlin and Missy Matthews of Steelers.com. And Missy Matthews specifically asked Tomlin about Flores and him being added to the coaching staff. And I want to read you this quote. Okay, here's what Tomlin had to say. Here we go. Quote, it was interesting. He and I had been in conversation a lot during the offseason, just talking about some of the things going on in the coaching profession and gaining his perspective on it, trying to be as helpful as I could to the general cause and to him. I think conversation about him joining the staff happened in a very natural way in the midst of those conversations. It wasn't something I was stomping for initially, to be quite honest with you. I thought he was going to get another head coaching opportunity. But when those opportunities didn't come to fruition, obviously I had a serious interest in him joining the staff. I'm glad he was receptive. His expertise is going to be helpful in all areas. Senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach is his title, but I'm just as excited about gleaning information and perspective from him in a wide variety of matters for the team. It is good to have wise counsel. He is a guy who sat in the seat that I have, and I'd be foolish not to utilize that expertise and that experience, and I've been thoroughly enjoying it thus far. It's been a good thing for us, end quote. So I hear Mike Tomlin say that, and I'm thinking, wow, like that is one heck of an endorsement from a really prominent figure in Mike Tomlin in the National Football League and and in circles around the league. And so I'm thinking to myself, this is great news, but how is it going to work? How is it going to work? And so what I want to talk about today is this dynamic that Brian Flores being on staff, can it be the difference for the Steelers and the Steelers defense? I have to be honest, I think it can. And you think back to last season. Last season, Keith Butler is the defensive coordinator. Terrell Austin is working with the secondary. And he has that senior defensive assistant label and secondary coach. I, I think we could all admit, if you watch Keith Butler's time in Pittsburgh and his defense, he is and was phenomenal at getting after the quarterback. His work with the front seven, he was a linebacker in the league himself. He was a linebacker's coach for years. He knew what to do with that front seven to get pressure on the quarterback. If there was an Achilles heel, Achilles heel, of Keith Butler, it was in the secondary. 
And when they bring Terrell Austin on, kudos to Butler for kind of swallowing his pride to an extent and saying, yeah, I'll take the help. And the secondary started to improve. You hear people like Kevin Smith, Jeffrey Benedict, Dave Schofield, all these gentlemen that are on the Behind the Steel Curtain staff, both written, the written side of things and the podcast side of things. They know more about football than I ever will. They all say the same thing. When Austin came in, things changed for the better. So now Butler's gone. And you're wondering, what are they going to do? Terrell Austin takes over as the defensive coordinator, but what is the defense going to look like? What is the defense going to be? How is it going to work? Well, it, it looks like, and it sounds like, they're going to utilize Flores as probably what Butler was last year. I mean, Flores has history of coaching every single position on the defense. He was a linebacker's coach. He could probably, and probably will, manage the front seven just like Butler did last season. It does, though, make me wonder. I talked about the dynamic. It does make me wonder, this dynamic with Flores in the in the fold. I know I've, I, I had Kevin Smith on. He was the very first Monday morning conversation that I had well over a month ago. It was before I even started calling it the Monday morning conversation. He was my first Monday guest. And this was right after Flores was hired. And I, I remember asking him, do you worry about too many too many cooks in the kitchen? And he said personally from his staff and his experience that he does not worry about it. But I can't help it when you think about having all those alpha males in one room. Someone is going to have to sit back and, and swallow their pride, like I mentioned with Butler, and say, yeah, I'm fine with doing things his way. Even though it might not be what I like, I'm fine with doing things his way. And when I say his way, that doesn't necessarily mean it's Flores' way. And for instance, it could be Brian Flores himself saying, you know what? I wouldn't do this, but if Austin's the defensive coordinator, if TA's the defensive coordinator, then that's what we're going to do. Or in the other realm, it's Mike Tomlin's the head coach, so we're going to do what Mike Tomlin wants to do. It does make me wonder how this is going to work. It makes for an unbelievable amount of intrigue for me. It makes the potential of the Steelers' 2022 defense go through the roof. And this defense could be remarkable. And if you watch the film of whether it's, you know, Jeffrey Benedict when Flores was hired had a tremendous film room on how Flores and his creativity from a defensive play calling standpoint, how it could really change. And then you see some of the additions that the Steelers have made and you're think you're seeing some of these things come to fruition. It's really crazy to watch. I'm excited. I really am excited for Brian Flores to be able to come in and put his stamp on it. I'm not worried about the future, by the way. There's a lot of fans out there who say, oh, Flores could be great, but they're just going to lose him after this year because he'll probably get a head coaching job. I'm not worried about next year. I'm worried about this year. And I think that if the Steelers are going to put together a team that is going to win and compete on defense, a stifling defense from top to bottom, that was a question I asked Michael Beck on Friday when he joined me, as he always does every Friday, is can you win with a stifling defense? Well, the Steelers are going to find out. That's really going to be their M.O., and having Flores in the building, on the staff, with Austin and Tomlin, three very good defensive minds, it's going to give them the best opportunity. Now, they still have to hit on a couple positions. They have to sign a safety. We know this. They need to have some added depth along the defensive front, especially in the draft. We know this. But from a coaching standpoint, and you hear what Mike Tomlin has to say, 
It sounds like things are headed in the right direction on the Brian Flores front. I'm excited. Brian Flores is going to bring a new dynamic to the Steelers. We might see something completely different on the Steelers' defense in 2022. And remember, folks, different doesn't always mean bad. It does not always mean bad. You have to remember that. So many times people hear the word different and they think it's going to be a negative, that it's not going to be anything what it used to be. These guys, and I say Tomlin, Austin, and Flores, are still going to be able to dial dial up pressure. They're still going to be able to get after the quarterback, and they're still going to have that dominant defensive front. They do have to shore up some other things, and I think that Flores is only going to help. He's not going to hurt. All right. Enough Brian Flores talk. I want to get Jim Wexel on here. When we come back after this break, Jim Wexel is going to join me of Steel City Insider. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Monday. It is the second half of the show, and that means it is time for the Monday morning conversation. I'm very excited for this guest. Jim Wexel joins me as Steel City Insider, as well as the author of Palomalu, the inspirational story of the Pittsburgh Steelers' strong safety. Jim, welcome to the show. How's it going? Great, Jeff. Thank you. I, I understand I'm following uh, LeVon Kirkland last week. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. He and you're was, excited? <laughs> no, I'm, I, I honestly, uh, to be honest with you, like I've had people that were had very similar uh, reactions that you did. I just love talking to other Steeler fans. I love to talk about to people that cover the team as someone that you know I'm a fan, but I, I do have a realm, so to speak, in in the Steelers yeah. coverage, and um, I love to pick people's brains. And so for the fans out there, uh, I'm going to ask Jim a lot of questions about covering the Steelers. Well, let's do that since you've, you've covered the Pittsburgh Steelers since 1995. And mm-hmm. it's funny because LeVon Kirkland was a dominant force and a dominant presence on that team in those nineties. Um, just covering the team in general. I want to ask you a question because you're active. I guess I would call you semi-active amongst the beat writers of the Steelers on Twitter and social media. Uh, you're there every now and then, but not as prominent as some, uh, how do you think social media has changed the coverage of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, there's more racing to the phones to, <laughs> to report, um, you know, less attention paid to detail mm-hmm. and informational nuggets to support the main item of the day, the main news, you know, quotes. Um, it, it seems like people will take these quotes and wallpaper um, their library for lack of a better term, with these quotes and and use it as the um, complete definition of what's happening. And I think that's a little dangerous. It's just quotes aren't always, just because people say stuff and it doesn't mean they're lying, but there's sometimes lacks context. 
sometimes lacks uh, the question that was asked. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, you know, what? I'm just Minka. What's Minka? Why does Minka have to say that about uh, what did he say at the end of the season? He, he had said, oh, he didn't um, include those guys that didn't include Mason Rudolph when they were asked which quarterback they want to see play next year. Yeah. And everybody reported that these, and they, there was a point that they didn't say Mason and they don't even think about Mason. That must mean Mason sucks and he's unpopular in the locker room. But I want to hear the question, how it was asked. Was the question asked, which quarterback do you see them want to bring in in free agency? Well, they're not going to answer Minka or, or they're not going to answer Mason. Right. So you don't exactly see the question. And um, I mean, you can look up the, the interviews more readily. So you do get full context if you dig into it and it's available. All that stuff's available now. Might not be next year when the locker rooms are hopefully the locker rooms are back open. We can go back to one on ones and everything is not a group interview. But I just think we're lacking a little context with the rush to get the quote out. And sometimes the player adds context later in the interview. And also some of it is uh, shrouded by the question. Sometimes and I, I, I'm I'm not blameless in this. Sometimes you frame the question to get the words that you want put into the player's mouth yeah. to a degree. I, I, I probably do it to some degree. Some are expert at it. And some some coaches will say, don't put words in my mouth. Ask me what you want to ask. So um, they're, those are lack of context. You know, how many characters now? 240? Something know. like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, but so th- th- there are definite negatives with social media in terms of covering the team. What would be a positive, though? I mean, because I, th- I think that there is I mean, I know from a fan's perspective, uh, you've never felt closer to the players as a fan. Uh, and the fact that they have their own platform, that they're able to kind of put out their own tweets, that can be a bad thing as well, as we've seen <laughs> with plenty of Steelers from time to time. But do you think there's a positive with the fact of social media, the social media age covering the team? Is there anything that you could glean from that as a positive? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the fans get closer to the players. The media, not so much. Um, what I what I do like about uh, social media, and I'm not as gifted, as some, it's the younger guys that know the technology. Yeah. They can carve these plays up, slice them up, put them up, and add a quote. I mean, they can really add – they can really shine. And so – all of us old guys are looking for young guys <laughs> to do that for their for their sites. Yeah. And, you know, some of these guys are really good at it. All, all the younger guys are really, it seems to be easy for them. So you can get, well, a loss also, you know, somebody asked me, um, my, uh, uh, my son wants to go into sports writing. I said, well, make sure he plays. Well, what do you mean? Why should, why should he play? You guys don't have to play. You don't, you're just writers. Yeah, but if you understand the X's and O's, and he doesn't have to be a genius, but get a basic understanding uh, of what it's like to watch film in high, even in the high school room so that you get to understand these plays so that you can break it down because that's a big part of it. Uh, the draft coverage totally is passing me by with all of that. I, I don't know how to cut the, the tape up, and I yeah. really – Really don't want to learn. You know? <laughs> I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. I'm not that bad. But I'd rather just. I, I, it's an opportunity for me to hire a young guy. Yeah. So 
you know, and those guys are just, it's second nature to them. And if they understand the X's and O's to go along with their technological skills, then you've got something. And that benefits everybody. It's cool to watch. You know, you, you scroll through Twitter and, you know, Malik Willis. So here's, here's something from Malik Willis when he played at Auburn. And like, oh, that's what you want to see. This Liberty stuff. It's like watching that. It's like, yeah, am I wasting my time or not? Because there's stuff in a de- de- different level of competition. But, you know, if somebody put, hey, here's something from Auburn, Malik Willis, it was pretty cool. And, you know, wow, cool. Where did they find that? How did they put that up? And then the guy would know the X's and O's of what's good and what's bad about it. So all that stuff's pretty cool. Well, for your sake, uh, and I did hear that down at the league meetings, uh, that the NFL said that they were hoping to have the locker rooms open next year. I I hope that you all do get that one-on-one access. I I can only imagine how difficult it's been the last few years this group zoom meeting or zoom calls and recordings of that. It's just not the same for anyone that's followed the team for any duration of time remembers you get those one-on-one connections, which I feel like what well, you would say you had a really good, would you say you had a really good connection with Troy Polamalu when he was a player? Oh yeah. I mean, as as well as anybody can, I, 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 I imagine mine was the best. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to brag. I can't think of anybody. So, you know, you have your connections. Some guys are naturally uh, you connect with, and some guys you don't. Yeah. This is my guy. That's your guy. And and that's great. Some guys were a lot closer to Ben than I was. And that's the quarterback. That's pretty cool. But I, I was close enough with Ben. Um, also, your lack, it's easy for the team to have more control. Yes. It's easier for the team to not to let them run through the locker room one-on-ones all over the place. Oh, uh, what's Wexel talking to James Harrison for now? What's what's happening? <laughs> so, so they don't have to worry about all that. And um, uh, but also, I really was not a clickbait guy, and there's a lot of us that aren't. So I mean, that hurts me on a day, immediate basis, day to day. But it helps me in the long run make connections, and you get their number and when Dave DeCastro retires, he calls you right back and you get a full interview Uh, or you write books later and they call you back and they're trusting or um, when Antonio Brown went off and blamed Ben and all the national media was blaming Ben charges of racism were starting to be thrown around. I was like, wait a minute, I was there. I I know what happened. This is not close to what's happened. So you, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to get clicks by doing that. I'm just telling the truth. And a lot of, most of the time, the truth helps the team and the players. Le'Veon Bell, for instance, if you remember when uh, there was a, a, a deadline passed when he was holding out, it was late in the year and he couldn't come back after a particular date and he didn't. And it got reported that they uh, pillaged his locker. The, the teammates. I remember pillaged that. His yeah. locker, if you remember that. Yes. And I, I'm I'm trying to interview Pouncey or something, waiting in line. And I look at my phone and I'm reading Le'Veon Bell's locker was just pillaged. I walked over and it was pristine. I took a picture of it. And I, I know what they're talking about because I was interviewing uh, Shazier. I believe it was Shazier when we were interrupted by a guy with a big box, a big plastic bin box full of Le'Veon shoes. And he goes, hey, uh, Le'Veon's not coming back and we want to move these shoes out of the equipment room. Does, does his size fit you? And a couple guys would go through that box. Now I'm guessing that was it, but it was uh, it really made the team look bad. Yeah. 
you know, all of a sudden this guy don't show up. They, they hate him this much. They're already stealing his stuff out of his locker. <laughs> but the, so I went over, took a picture and said, this is not what happened. Yeah. I know what happened. So you, you do get, uh, you know, most of us uh, want the truth. We, we really, I mean, of course we want clicks, but some of that stuff catches wildfire while you're in the locker room. You look over and you're like, wait a minute, this locker was in perfect shape. So that those are just examples where the locker room, it can pay off for the team because I'm not a team employee. So there's no reason for me to back up Le'Veon in the team and say, this is not what's happening. They can say, Hey, we've suspended Wexel. He's not part of us. You know, he's, he he has no reason to lie about this. So yeah. that can pay off. And with the books and the history, I think you don't want to eliminate possibly good historians uh, because there's, there's really no historian uh, needed to transcribe the Zoom call for 20 people. Everybody's <laughs> getting the same exact quotes. Yeah. Now, hey, that might be good for a lot of people, and I don't think fans care so much about me not getting my one-on-one, but, you know, we do try to charge. Most sites are not. A lot of sites are charging to read their stuff. How are we going to get anybody to pay us our salary if we don't have, not exclusive, but just different and researched you know, I, I know just different quotes aren't going to do it all, but if you put in a day's work and do some research and then talk to a second guy in the story and a third guy, you can fill it out with not just filler. You have a good historical account for the day that's interesting and that people feel satisfied when they pay money to read this story. I will speak for from a someone that runs a website behind the steel curtain.com and as a fan because it's it's together i mean we're a fan-driven website i i am looking forward to having you all back into the locker room it, there's nothing more boring even as a fan than hearing akella witherspoon sit in front of a camera and have 15 people ask very similar questions and he's giving the same non-answer compared to well in the locker room setting well, no one's gone over and talked to chris boswell in a while and chris boswell has been unbelievably reliable for the steelers I'm more interested in Chris Boswell than I am who they throw out, meaning they, the Steelers, who they put out for the media and say, you're going to get this guy available tomorrow at noon. And that's it. So I, I know that, you know, the, a lot of fans might just check their app and they read the, they should, they've watched the interviews. I can't wait for you all to get back into the locker room. And it's because I enjoy those stories. Those, even if it's just a one-off, even if it's just one of those stories, you're like, I don't even know if I'll run this. You probably run the article and it pays off because for me, I enjoy reading that you get to, you get a deeper glimpse into the team, in my opinion. So I'm looking forward to you all going back. But I want to talk about Troy Palomalu for a little bit. If, you've, if you're if you a fan out there listening to this podcast and you didn't know about the book, Palomalu, I definitely recommend it. Uh, Jim was kind enough to send us one at Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, Dave Schofield read it, wrote, wrote an article for the website. I've also read it as well. It's f- phenomenal. It's a great book. I want to ask you just a very general question, and it might be difficult to answer. And that is, what do you think and there's probably a lot of answers actually what made Troy Polamalu so different than the average player? Wow. I think it would have to be, uh, you know, spiritual and not just, I'm not just talking about the guys that go to church and the guys that talk about Jesus. I mean, this guy, the deep, the meditation, the deep understanding 
of what it takes to be a quality person, a high value person, some, someone who's looking beyond all of it. Now, I know, I know strong Christians are, are all of that. And I, it's hard for me to differentiate. Troy was truly spiritual in a way that we all want to be, you know, uh, especially it, it, as I'm getting older, my daughter is more in tune to it. And she wants to, we want to collaborate on a book, Meditation in Sports. But there's more of that. And uh, the meditation and how you live your life, not to go to heaven, but um, to have your dreams come true, to manifest things your, your own way. Now, that's why Troy, did, I, I think that's why Troy didn't want to do sit, sit down and explain his life to me, because he didn't want to get into the nuts and bolts of how he goes about meditating and praying. And we all know, well, okay, praying, that's great. But how do you do it? Yeah. Now, Troy's very successful at it. You, you know, and, and the, if you just look at the example of his life, his brother was a taller Troy. That's well, that was Troy's big negative is he was too short. Well, yeah. his older brother was taller and was just as athletic and got into uh, uh, the gangs in L.A. and got kicked out of high school, still made it to UTEP as a running back, had had Polamalu jeans, man. He could do it. Troy um, was moved to Oregon <laughs> in the blissful green fields. There are, there are drugs everywhere. We know that, but yeah. it was much easier place to grow up. So he was blessed with that. And his college coach, he goes to USC. That was a, a minor miracle in itself, but he ends up there and he's playing for Paul Hackett and Pittsburgh people know Paul Hackett. They're like, wow, this is going nowhere. Two years later, the best defensive backs coach in, in football, Pete Carroll comes to USC and watches film and says, this guy's amazing and made the defense around him. And so that's a familiar story to what we get a few years later when all of a sudden Tim Lewis is fired that nobody wanted to fire Tim Lewis, but all of a sudden it happened and Dick LeBeau comes and saves Troy Polamalu's career, saves the Steelers. And, you know, Dick LeBeau is the other great defensive backs coach. Now, is Troy magic? Did he manifest this? I don't know. We, we don't know, but man, everything broke for him yeah. always. Now the, he, he, he retired at the age of 33 after 12 years. And he told me those are two pretty good numbers. And yes. I said, I said, why? He goes, well, that's when Jesus died. I said, I said, I thought Jesus died when he was 40. He looks at me like, don't you know anything? Did you ever read the Bible? <laughs> So I, you know, and also the, the small quiet voice of God is how the Holy Spirit has been defined. And Troy just, he just goes crazy when I bring this kind of stuff up. And I, I brought it up to Tunch, you know, Tunch is a great Christian, uh, the late Tunch Oaken. And he doesn't like the, me saying that Troy was the Holy Spirit of the Steelers. <laughs> and, 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 you know, nobody likes that except, you know, somebody got Kiesel, like that's right on. Uh, Chris Hoke. I love that uh, because he was, he didn't say all that much. And his voice was so, it, it was feminine to a degree. And it was, 
it was light and but you could you could hear it you knew it, it just the light voice would pierce through and it would be saying something real small but really big and it was so important and that's how i looked at him so that's that's how he was different than everybody i don't want to just say it was because he was spiritual and christian because we get that all the time we're all trying to be spiritual and christian <laughs> or i mean whatever religion we are yeah but man, he 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 would just he would be off uh, in St. Vincent early in the morning in, in the beautiful uh, uh, overlooking La Trobe, and he'd be meditating and praying and never tell anybody. You know, a lot of the over-religious people they tell everybody what they do and what you should do. Right? It's yeah. Never like that. Never. Well, so I, I I don't know how else to say it. No, that's that's a perfect answer because okay. we we saw the on-field stuff. Everyone saw the on-field stuff. He was miraculous in what he could do, and he was as dynamic as they come. But what you just described, and this is a lot in your book as well, is the behind-the-scenes stuff that did make him different than the average superstar even. And you've covered a lot of superstars since 1995. I mean, you could go through a gambit of Steelers players that could be in that superstar realm. And he was different. And that was a great answer. I appreciate you sharing some of those stories. I do want to, before I let you go, I want to ask you a couple questions, both about the NFL draft and the current team. Let's start with the current team. The, the Steelers have made a lot of free agent moves. They brought in a lot of players. They had the salary cap space for once to actually make those moves. Is there one in particular and it doesn't matter if you have more than one, that's fine as well, that you're thinking like, I really like that signing. That's really going to help this team in 2022. Is there one that sticks out amongst all of them? Well, I, I think the shrewdest was James Daniels, the yeah. young because of his age and his temperament and what I sense from him as a future leader at a key position. I just assume he's going to be a center, but other people are saying other things and that's fine. I could be wrong. But uh, just because of his leadership, I, I think of him as the center. Um, but Miles Jack, I mean, that seems to be a more immediate, more, uh, you know, flamboyant and flashy. Nobody needs that. But it is that on top of um, leadership and skill and what this team needs and how he right away started praising Devin in that first Zoom call. And that's what Devin needs. And boom, he was right on top of that. He he just had an instinct for what was needed. Like when he got called, uh, you want to play for the Steelers? You want defense wins championships? And yeah, I mean, he, you could tell. And, and the rejuvenation, I think he's going to be so rejuvenated by playing with, you know, there's a lot of cool guys on that defense that he's going to love playing with. Yeah, they, they fill the other holes. You got guys like TJ and Cam and Minka. Uh, those are some those are some great personalities. I'd love to throw Hayden in there again, because he was a really cool personality too. Um, and, and to it, uh, you know, other guys are, are more quiet, but he's going to love this. He's going to love Heinz field. It's, it's pure football to him again. I, I think he lost some of that at Jacksonville as the losing continued. You, uh, you a fan of the Trubisky signing? I am. Uh, he was the guy uh, people would say, I would have me on shows and they would say, I was while I was writing another book on the clock, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. It'll come out in September. Uh, the history of the draft, and it's a lot of storytelling for him. But I just want to get that in there. But uh, uh, so I wasn't um, I wasn't 
all over free agency and the draft like I usually am. So I, I hired a lot of guys to write. But anyway, whenever uh, like Wolfley would have me on his show, he'd say, who do you like? I said, uh, I, I like Trubisky and um, uh, Mariota. And Wolf's like, I don't know about Mariota, man. I said, well, you know, Trubisky. And, and, and then I, I brought this up. on. A, I was on a radio show in Uniontown. George Von Benko is a longtime Steelers uh, reporter. And he knew he knows Dick LeBeau very well. As a matter of fact, I, I was talking to Dick at a, a, a function, a party, and uh, Von Benko came and interrupted us, and I left. So I know Von Benko <laughs> was talking to LeBeau. And, and he brought up uh, Mariota and LeBeau who coached on a team that Mariota played. He said, no, 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 you don't know. And that's all I needed. That's a very I, interesting. I that's a true. And, and uh, so, uh, so I stopped saying Mariota and I just stuck with Trubisky. <laughs> now, not that I know everything, but I, right. I just, those other guys were just going to cost too much. Yeah. And I thought Trubisky was the best of the lot that they could pick up in free agency for a decent price. And they got him for a better price than I expected. And so, Hey, uh, I got what I wanted. So blame me. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't alone. Trust me. And now last question here before I let you go, the NFL draft is coming up. We're, we're within the month of April. We know at the end of, of the month is when all the boy, it just is a frenzy of activity. I just have to ask your general thoughts on this quarterback class. There's people that you'll hear. Uh, we'll call them draft Knicks or experts. If you want to phrase it that way, that say, if this class we're with the 2021 class. None of these players would be first round picks. And then you hear people that say there's some really good quality. Kevin Colbert said it himself. There's some really good quality players. There's not as many, but there's going to be NFL starters in this group. How do you look at this class as a whole and how do you view it? The quarterback class, you mean? Yes. You know, I take that with a grain of salt. I just saw that again. As a matter of fact, somebody said they would, they wouldn't be in the top six quarterbacks last year. Well, Every year, it seems to just say six out of six drafted four suck, you know. So what is what do they know? Yeah. What does anyone know about quarterbacks? It's the most the most difficult position to scout. Now, the Steelers are doing their due diligence. Myself, I would pass on a quarterback uh, and, you know, one of these defensive linemen. I could be talking to any of those three top defensive tackles. Yeah. Um, I don't know about an offensive tackle, but I wouldn't complain. I don't know what you do with the guy because you got two young offensive tackles, a wide receiver. I could be talked into um, corner. I could be talked into a corner, but the, I would go defensive line. And uh, but if if Tomlin fell in love with one of these quarterbacks, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to rip the pick, even if it's Malik Willis, who yeah. who's raw and is far away, but. I'm going to trust them. And they got right up close with just about all of them. I'm sure I know they didn't go to Sam Howell's, but uh, I'm sure that uh, they, they have scouted Sam Howell fully. So I would trust them, even though Kevin, you know, I'll say this about the 2004 draft and all the talk. And I, 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 I focused in on this, uh, the Ben story with Sean Andrews and Dan Rooney and all that, the, the backstory that you've probably heard the, the controversy about yeah. who really wanted what, I know Kevin Colbert wanted Ben at the beginning of the week. Uh, I do know Kevin loved Ben. Now, what it took, uh, you know, Russ Grimm entered the picture and he got Cower convinced and, and then Cower had to be talked back off the ledge and they went with Ben. And But so to, I'm just giving Kevin credit there because I know he loved Ben because I'm going to rip Kevin. 
every other one, every other quarterback <laughs> Kevin has drafted, hey, Mason might be the next best. Yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't compare Mason to Landry Jones at all. Yeah. It seems to be the common thing. But I, all those guys, and and one of the quotes Kevin gave me for my new book was, "It's gonna stay on, it's gonna say on my tombstone or gravestone." He said, "It's gonna say on my gravestone." He drafted T. Martin over Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That but is great. You, you look at his list of quarterbacks; it's not impressive. No. So. I don't know that I trust Kevin for this one. I, and and the head coach has a lot, a lot of say on the first round. More than say. The, co- the head coach has the power. They always have to get the head coach to come around, even though it does eventually become a consensus. But the head coach is the big, you know, you get into the second, third round. If the head coach isn't, he's not going to watch tape of all those guys. He just, Kevin, you know what kind of player we need. You do the rest. Right. But that first rounder is on Tomlin. But Kevin just had Omar Jacobs, Brian St. Pierre, T. Martin, uh, Landry Jones. Go on down the Dennis, line. Dennis Dixon. Dennis Dixon. Yeah. None of them worked out. None of them. Yeah. Well, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You don't really need him, but I get what you're saying. So, Jim, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Why don't you give your uh, for all the listeners out there a plug? It could be the new book that's coming out, like you said, in, in September, I believe is what you said. The name of that, uh, your website. Uh, tell us where they can find your work. Well, uh, I write for Steel City Insider, and we have a lot of writers, and I'm back full-time, and we're going to be in the locker room, so there's going to be a lot of insider information. And it's a subscription site, and you get to read these stories ad-free, and uh, you know, you, you got access to me on the message boards. Um, uh, my Polamalu book, uh, you can get that at Amazon. I prefer you go to jimwexel.com because I get more of the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Amazon honesty, breaks honesty. their share. It's, it's not, and a bookstore gets half. Yeah. But um, and it's going to come out in paperback in following fall. So, so a publisher is purchase, purchasing it, and it'll be in, in bookstores then. But the next book coming out, uh, I, I like it. Uh, it's the history of the draft. So I wanted to not just be an encyclopedia in the research. I wanted to tell stories. Uh, I wanted I, I uh, take Wizard White. I mean, I researched everything that was written about Wizard White, but instead of getting crazy with the details and attributing to this and and getting this stat right and this quote right from somebody that nobody ever heard of, I just told the story. Teammates would teammates considered him this instead of using the exact quote. So there's a lot of storytelling in it because I'm copying a couple of books I've been reading, uh, Laws of Human Nature and uh, uh, Robert Green books. I highly recommend Robert Green books, not sports books, but really good stuff. Uh, but uh, and he, he he's a great researcher and he tells stories instead of quotes, you know, all, all the, the basic stuff yeah. that we do mm-hmm. as writers. So uh, I, I like how that turned out and I had to rush it. I wrote it in four months. So I got two books written during COVID. So I'm proud, of, I'm proud of myself. Good. Congratulations. You got to be proud of yourself when you're yeah. not even anyone else cares, but <laughs> absolutely. Well, Jim, thank you very, very, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, I want to have you on again after the draft. So hopefully we'll do that. Cool. Okay, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks no so problem. much. Man. Take it All easy. Right. Take care. All right, folks, a big thank you to Jim Wexel. Uh, just, I had so much fun on that interview and to be completely honest, I didn't know what to expect when I reached out to Jim and wondered if he wanted to come on the show. 
Uh, he was a uh, very gracious in the stories that he told. I recommend you go check out his book, Palomalu. It's a phenomenal read. I'm excited to hear about this new book that's coming out in September. So uh, maybe we'll get a we'll get him on there for that, or maybe have him on again after the draft. I'd love to have his take on that stuff. But still, thanks again to Jim for taking the time. I will be back on Wednesday, folks. Make sure on Tuesday you're looking out for that tweet, the mailbag tweet. Ride or die crew, get your questions ready. Fire at will. And we will answer every single one of those on Wednesday. But you know how we always finish it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great start to your week. I'll see you on Wednesday. Go see Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.